back to another episode of Bed Letter. I am your host, Christian Ashleman, and this is the podcast where we chat a bit about our psycho-human brains, a little about our loony human behavior, and a lot about how it all fits together. Today we are on episode 41, so thank you to those who've been out there following along with the podcast as I've been making it. I really, really appreciate all of you for taking the time to listen to Bed Letter. Uh, it really does mean a lot to me. If you know someone who you think might enjoy Bed Letter, please feel free to share the podcast. And if you're interested in signing up for the monthly newsletter or in joining the Bedletter Community Discord server, you can head to cashleman.com. Again, that's C-A-S-H-L-I-M-A-N.com. On the side over there, I have a blog that I write on, as well as info in regards to editing, tutoring, and mentoring services that I offer. If you want to help support the show in an additional way, I do have a Patreon page as well, and if something in the show sparks a question or a comment and you feel like sharing that, uh, you can head to the blog, the community Discord server, or to my Instagram page, at Ashleman. All of those are fantastic places to share your thoughts. Uh, I just wanted to give another thank you to Abby Willis last week on uh, joining me for that two-part episode of Bed Letter, episode 39, episode 40, where we talked about being the creators and, and defenders of our own reality. Um, we talked about PTSD, minor symptoms of PTSD, and, and how to how to combat those symptoms and, you know, come with ways, come at the problem with ways to help fight those subtle, subtle symptoms that uh, are inevitably going to be a part of your life. So definitely go check out that episode if you are interested in any of that stuff. It was a great conversation. Thank you so much, Abby Willis, for joining me on the podcast. Um, really, really appreciate it. Today's episode, episode 41, we're going to be kind of going into an article that I have not really read yet. This is, I just, I, I've, to be honest, I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. I've been, I've been pretty busy, um, with a lot of different things. Uh, work's been pretty busy. I've got, uh, with the, with the show, a lot of, of what I've been working on with the show is for things coming up in the future, not necessarily for like the next upcoming episode, right? And so, um, like I said previously, I do have some more guests scheduled. I'm really, really excited to be doing that. It's going to be, you're going to, guys are going to hear more on that next week. But, um, so this one, I was kind of just surf, surfing through, surfing through the web, going through different websites where I find different, um, news articles, psychological news articles. And I found this article called, uh, and it, the title of it is neural implant lets paralyzed person type by imagining writing. And so I read that and I'm like, no way. That's insane. That is insane, right? That's that's incredible. Um, the subtext on it is a paralyzed individual hit 90 characters per minute, 99% accuracy. The article was written by John Timmer, uh, posted on May 12th, 2021 on Ars Technica. So just the title and the subtext alone kind of grabbed me right so i'm just going to kind of go through this article we're going to react to it and just see how it goes i've I've read articles by this guy before he's usually a pretty good writer and uh yeah let's see how it is so it starts out elon musk's neural link has been making waves on the technology side of neural implants but it hasn't yet shown how he might actually use implants for now demonstrating the promise of implants remains in the hands of the academic community This week, the academic community provided a rather impressive example of the promise of neural implants. Using an implant, a paralyzed individual managed to type out roughly 90 characters per minute simply by imagining that he was writing those characters out by hand. That's unreal. 
You've got to be kidding me. That's unreal. I mean, neural implant technology is really cool. It's also kind of scary, right? Because you have technology mixing with your actual brain. Um, that being said, that is insane. 90 characters per minute? What is, like, the base that they require for, um, you know, just, like, jobs that involve a fair amount of typing? Isn't it, like, 60, 70? I don't think it's 90. Maybe it is 90. I don't know. I can't remember. But I feel like it was. it's not, it's not 90. That's crazy, though. I mean, you can imagine pretty quick, especially if you're reading the characters and you imagine writing an R and O, you, you know, or whatever, you know, whatever word you're trying to, to, to write. That's unreal. The article goes on. Dreaming is doing. Previous attempts at providing typing capabilities to paralyzed people via implants have involved giving subjects a virtual keyboard and letting them maneuver the, a cursor with their mind. The process is effective but slow, and it requires the user's full attention as a subject has to track the progress of the cursor and determine when to perform the equivalent of a key press. It also requires the user to spend the time to learn how to control the system. That would be difficult. That, but that's crazy. But there are other possible routes in, to getting characters out of the brain and onto the page. Somewhere in our writing thought process, we form the intention of using a specific character, and using an implant to track this intention could potentially work. Unfortunately, the process is not especially well understood. Downstream of that intention, a decision is transmitted to the motor cortex where it's translated into actions. Again, there's an intense stage where the motor cortex determines it will now form the letter by typing or writing, for example, which is then translated into a specific muscle motion required to perform the action. These processes are much better understood, and they're what the research team targeted in their new work. That's crazy. So it's 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 targeting these neural implants these electrical you know nodes that are placed in your brain are targeting the anticipation in writing certain characters and the anticipation of muscle muscle flexes and and movements and in in the process of writing those characters right and in that anticipation they're pulling it pulls the letter out and obviously since it's a neural thing it can be connected to other technology that can then produce the letter onto a page, you know, make into the material world. It's, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I, it's hard to believe that this is, this is the type of stuff that we're starting to kind of get into here, you know? Specifically, the researchers placed, this is back into the article, sorry. Specifically, the researchers placed two implants in the motor, the premotor cortex of a paralyzed person. This area is thought to be involved in forming the intentions to perform movements. Catching these intentions is much more likely to produce a clear signal than catching the movements themselves, which are likely to be complex. Any, any movement involves multiple muscles and dependent on context, where your hand is relative to the page you're writing on, etc. With the implants in the right place, the researchers asked the participant to imagine writing letters on a page and recorded the neural activity as they did so. That's insane. I don't even... How do you how do you even make sure it's got to be a whole another science just in and of itself? Well, well, it would be right, like, um, but just making sure you get the neural implants on the exact right spot on the piece of meat that is your brain, you know, like that's that's so out of this world. That's such a, a such a strange and interesting mixture between, uh, you know, biology and technology, right? Oh my gosh, that's incredible, really incredible, to be honest. The article then goes on. What was that again? Altogether, there were roughly 200 electrodes in the participant's premotor cortex. Not all of them were informative for letter writing, but all of those 
that were, the authors performed a principal component analysis which, deter which identified the features of the neural recordings that differed the most when various letters were imagined. Converting these recordings into two-dimensional plot, it was obvious that the activity seen when writing a single character always clustered together, and physically similar characters, P and B, for example, or H and N and R, formed clusters near each other. The researchers also asked the participant to do punctuation marks like a comma and question mark and used a uh, greater than or less than sign to indicate a space and a tilde for a period. Overall, the researchers found that they could decipher the appropriate character with an accuracy a bit over 94%. People probably don't even write, like, in pen on paper. This isn't in the article, I'm just thinking this. People probably don't even write, uh, like, their letters accurate 94% of the time when they're writing on paper, right? Like, they're going to mess up and scribble, have to either scribble something out or just, like, have, I don't know, I do it all the time. I'm, I mean, I'm not... I don't know. It's probably close, I'd say. But that's... I don't know. You get, like... You start writing something, you mess up, you have to change word to do this, that, and the other. Especially if it's, like, pen, you have to, like, cross it out. But 94%, I feel like that's pretty even <laughs> with, like, your regular guy. Unless they're, like, really, you know... I don't know. Precise in their, their letters and have super, super solid and slow handwriting, right? This is... I mean, this is insane. The system, and the article then, you know, finishes out this bit by saying, but the system required a relatively slow analysis after the neural data was recorded. To get things working in real time, the researchers trained a recurrent neural network to estimate the probability of a single corresponding, of a signal corresponding to each letter. So it was taking too long, so they built a whole other thing to make it so that it could, uh, a whole other network that could estimate probability of a signal corresponding to each letter. So as soon as the signal started, this in this particular area of the brain or in this uh, particular, you know, image, this shape, this whatever it is, whatever it looks like, the data, um, as soon as that started to look that way, it could predict. So not only is it seeing things in real time, but it's actually putting it out in real time with a high percent of of accuracy, like the like as it's actually happening. That's just that's insane. The the possibilities for this for people who um, you know, are just like what you could do with this for people who are suffering from all kinds of things like blindness, deaf, all kinds of, all kinds of things, the way you can use neural networks to, to help people communicate better. I mean, just unreal. The article then goes on. Despite working with a relatively small amount of data, only 242 sentences worth of characters, the system worked remarkably well. The lag between the thought and a character appearing on screen was only about half a second, and the participant was able to produce about 90 characters a minute, easily topping the previous record for implant-driven typing, which is about 25 characters per minute. Beat it by that much? The previous record for neural implant-driven typing was 25 characters per minute. This was pumping out 90 characters per minute with an accuracy of 94%. Unbelievable. Okay. The raw error rate was only about 5%, and applying a system like a typing autocorrect could drop the error rate down to only 1%. Wow. The potential for this is just absolutely unreal. I love that this is this is kind of where we're going. And, and like I said, there is a scary part of neural imaging, neural networking, and stuff like that. There is a, a really scary part if, if, if that's taken the wrong way or, or taken too far. But the fact that we're able to interface with our brains like this is unbelievable. 
but I should believe it because it's happening, right? This is this is this is what it is, man. This is get a grip on it because this is reality. <laughs> um, this this chunk finishes off by saying, the tests were all done with prepared sentences. Once the system was validated, however, the researchers asked the participant to type out free-form answers to questions. Here, the speed went down a bit to 75 characters per minute, still significantly better than 25, and errors went up to 2% after autocorrection, but the system still worked. Yeah, that's definitely still working and functioning. That's incredible. And, you know, obviously, they they weren't, they probably weren't testing this on just, like, huge, diff, like, di- tons of different types of people and, and, you know, different populations and and with like thousands of people and all that stuff but the fact that it's even possible the fact that we are able even able to interface at all um and that it's it's happening to this high degree of success is is incredible the article then goes on as the researchers themselves put it this is not yet a complete clinically viable system to begin with it has only been used in a single individual and we have no idea how well it might work for others. The simplified alphabet used here doesn't contain any digits, capital letters, or most forms of punctuation, and the behavior of the implants changes over time. Perhaps because of minor shifts relative to the neurons they read or the buildup of scar tissue, so the system had to be recalibrated regularly, at least once per week, to maintain a a tolerable error rate. Okay, so I didn't realize it was only done on one individual. I mean, I guess they kind of implied that several times, but that's kind of, uh, like I said earlier, it's, it's still interesting that it, um, that it can even happen at all, right? But I was hoping, I guess, that it was going to be on more than one guy, but that's still, regardless of that, it, it's possible, right? And especially on a person that is paralyzed, like, the uh, applicability of this to so many other people to even even doing this and and having it uh look at like our dreams while we're sleeping and they're already i mean i've already seen studies where they're doing things like that and, and you know the possibilities of you being able to almost watch back your dreams right just out of this world stuff out of this world stuff but uh that's also pretty interesting it says the simplified alphabet used here doesn't contain digits capital letters or most forms of punctuation i wonder if it's cuz they told him specifically not to use those things or if like if 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 he was writing something and he was imagining writing the words in his mind and producing them on paper if he'd have to imagine like dotting a period at the end of the sentence and everything um that is interesting. Although you could, to a certain degree, you can have the technology just predict and be able to see. Okay, that's the end of a sentence. I can tell, you know. But anyway, the article finishes up by saying that said, the system shows a very significant speed boost compared to previous implant-driven systems, and the accuracy is quite good. The system also has the potential to be similar to touch typing in that the user doesn't have to actually visually focus on letter production, allowing for more normal interactions with the user's surroundings. The letter issue might be solved in part by using an alternate alphabet designated by the researchers in which all the letters are defined by dissimilar patterns of strokes. There is a lot of potential here. The experiments also provide a reminder of the potential of these implants more generally and why companies might start finding the technology worth commercializing. Uh, that final tidbit is pretty scary. I think, I don't know, it's it's really hard because you, you know, interfacing with, with biology, with your brain, it, with technology gets a little... Uh, a little interesting if you're commercializing it that's when you start getting almost like I don't know you know you can always think of your comic book you know mind control uh, literal mind control here um, 
scenario, but it it's definitely it's definitely got a lot of potential. There is no doubt about that. The idea that they may have to actually create a new language in the sense of uh, almost like a new written language corresponding to our English language in order to make it more efficient and able to be, um, you know, uh, like they said, able to be completed and like the mental process of of being able to speak the language quickly without having to worry too much or worrying too much about having to interface with the technology, right? That's the goal is to make it almost a seamless transition between what's going on in the head and what's going on and what's being put out into the physical world. And so it's definitely fascinating research and it's definitely something that is sort of novel, sort of, uh, I don't know, it's definitely a looking forward thing, not not a looking back at our behavior thing, right? So definitely keep your eye on this type of thing. I think, I think research like this and I think... Um, kind of biology mixing with technology especially with our brains and our minds is only going to become more and more prevalent and more and more popular as we see things like this start to grow or or, or research like this starts to grow and become successful right like this is this is absolutely incredible and this could like i said could have huge huge impacts on people who are um, not only paralyzed but suffering from other things you know blindness deafness uh, just being able to interface your mind with technology in this way, um, and even just to the re- to regular people, if for for fun to some degree, right? Being able to and for 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 useful things like I don't know, somehow being able to interface your mind with your phone and being able to like send text just by like kind of looking at your phone or something. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy, crazy, insane things. Kind of like I don't know, we're getting into some some weird stuff though. That's cool. And I, I'm excited to see kind of where it goes, but I really hope you know. I hope you guys enjoyed this 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 research. This is really kind of cool stuff. This kind of research, I think, is kind of fun to just sort of peel back a little bit, pe- take a peek at it every now and then. I usually don't follow this type of stuff super super closely as it goes, just because it's kind of fun to see you know check in on it every now and then and see how much it's progressed. But uh, if you did enjoy listening, be sure to follow Bedletter on whatever platform you guys prefer to listen to your podcasts on. Remember that you can add your name to the monthly newsletter list that uh, I do. And then you can also join the community Discord server and a whole bunch of other things over at my website, cashleman.com. If you're interested in supporting the show, I also have a Patreon page with some cool donation benefits. And if anything from today's episode sparked a thought and you want to talk about it, feel free to share that in either the Discord, in the comments section on my blog, or over on my Instagram, at Ashleman. Like I said, guys, stay tuned. Big things are on the horizon. Uh, I've got more guests on the way and uh, lots lots of interesting conversations to be had. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys have an awesome week, and I will see you next time on Bed Letter. 